0: Namaste. So last week we read about rebirth. So today we will read about birth, <laughs> birthday special. <laughs> so we all celebrate birthdays and we all uh, mourn death, but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> we celebrate birthday because parents think now a child has come. He will be the ki Lathi <laughs> Sahara. So selfish thought starts from there. My child will help me when I grow old. So it's a wrong reason because the child is not sent to us to fulfill our wishes. The child is sent to earth to fulfill the divine plan and mission of the divine. But because we as human beings naturally live in the zone of selfishness, so we celebrate, okay. One more, like in ancient time, the boy birth was celebrated. And girl birth was not. The reason was that you know, in an agricultural society, when you had a boy, so he will contribute hands to the farming. But now girls have proved that they can do much better. They don't go to farms, but they <laughs> they can bring a lot of everything, name, fame, everything. So now that mean you know that that whole purpose is gone. But this is how many of these um, aspects came into practices came into life. But uh, basically, birth is that there is a fresh opportunity to the soul to relive its purpose. So, what is the original plan? We have to keep going back to that original plan. Ekoham ham bahushyami. Instead of going into what is my mission and all, we can talk about it and debate about it. But the minimum requirement is, the one wanted to become many, so all of us are meant to manifest the divine. That's it. So... Or we may say become divine. Now, you know, when people say all is divine and I am divine, shobindu cautioned against it and Mother reminds us that it can easily lead to aggrandizement. So we should be very careful when we say that. It is true of a certain plane and at a certain point, but to use this word uh, phrase prematurely like Ravana did, Aham Brahmasmi, led to a great uh, downfall. So what is true is that through the cycle of births and death and rebirth, we are coming again and again to manifest the divine. And to manifest the divine, we must first discover and become one with the divine. So these are the two main works. So to put it in another way, uh, people often ask, there are many questions we ask about oneself, about life and about hundred things. There is only one question to be asked and that is not even who am I but a very pragmatic question where am i is still a theoretical question so what is the pragmatic question well if there is a divine how to find it very simple because if you don't find the divine there is a divine and you don't find him then you have lost the great opportunity of finding the creator who will answer all the questions <laughs> you know instead of asking one question what is my life going to be what is going to happen to me 10 years down the line uh, you know tell me where will my child study all these questions we ask hundred questions, even even metaphysical questions, karma theory, struggle, all these questions we ask. But if we take it that what is the question we need to ask how to find the divine, not even whether divine exists or not. So if we find the divine, all other questions are automatically answered because then he is there, he will tell us every question we can place to him, he is the originator, he is the creator. So, we can meet him and he will tell us. So, this is how many of the yogas proceed and there is a great logic in it. Find the divine first. Don't waste time on metaphysical inquiries. Buddha even didn't use the word divine. But he would refuse to answer all metaphysical questions. He would say, there is suffering. Is it true or not? Yes. So, do you want to get out of suffering? Yes. So, I am telling you why the suffering is there? Because of ignorance. Oh, yes. Ignorance means you don't know who you are, you don't know why you are here. How to get rid of it? Eightfold path. That's it. Hidden boy. Now if you ask him about complex things that with this God is greater, the aspects of gods, he would refuse to answer. So the pragmatic question is how to find the divine. That's why our souls are born. First to find the divines and then as a consequence to manifest the divine. Similarly we mourn death. Why do we mourn death? Again for the wrong reasons. My loved one is gone. But... Actually, every death is the opportunity for a greater life. Death is the soul's opportunity. So what we could not fulfill in one life, we are going to fulfill in another life. But yes, death is a tragedy if we have not been able to live the life we were meant to live. You know That's why often it is said that, uh, you know, what is success? How to define success? Success is when you have lived what you were meant for. What was the original divine intent in you? If you live that, it is success. If you have not lived that intent, and the intent has been corrupted by all kinds of viruses, outer success, outer ambition, wealth, etc., which society teaches us, then we have missed the point. That life is tragic, and that death is obviously a tragic death. So that's how we have to look at life and death. So every birth is an opportunity to live life afresh. And at the same time, it is not the same path for everyone. Each one will discover in his own way. What is this? What is success for a flower? It is to bloom fully. And if you want to take one step forward with due regard and without meaning to disrespect sharan and Guptaji, phul ki Abhilasha, it is to be offered at the feet of the Divine. There can be no greater felicity. Jare, because you know he wrote so I we don't need flowers. they are not for flowers, they need weapons, they need bull, they worship the goddess of power. They are not, uh, you know, they can be also lovers and seekers of knowledge, but they are warriors. If you put flowers before them, that's not what they want. They want chivalry They want challenge They want Prefer if there is an enemy Who is capable With whom when they fight Then if they win or lose They feel equally It was something tremendous So this is how we But for a flower The best is that It is offered to the divine feet That's its maximum Or is a kantamala for the divine Flower is consummation But for iron consumation is to become Steel Which can be used for the sword of the divine or for something equally wonderful because steel is strong, shining, stainless, it can become that. For another metal, gold, the consummation is to become ornament for the divine, something which adds to the beauty and the glory of the divine. For sand, its consummation is to somehow ensure that the divine steps his feet over it. So for everything there is a grand consummation And it is different For flowers to be trampled below the feet is not a consummation Grass What is the consummation for grass? You make a whole garden Don't put grass You have missed it You put grass Even if you have not put anything Still it it is something which makes the earth beautiful So that's its consummation So for everything, there is a different peak. Divine has designed this world in such a way that each one has to realize the divine through his own path. This is so important we keep forgetting when we proselytize or when we teach everybody the same technique. It's not life. Life grows organically. That's why ekoham bahushyami along with that ekam sadvipra bahudavadanti Swami Vivekananda in one place says The true satyug will be When each man will follow his own path Each one will have his own dharma Religion Not religion in this sense That we use in English But he will discover his own law of life For Arjuna The dharma is to fight the battle and conquer For Buddha The dharma is not that Shraveenanda makes it clear If Buddha ashi Krishna What should I do? Or if she Ramakrishna asked Sri Krishna, "What should I do? There is a war going on. Should I go and fight?" But I have a lot of bhakti for Kali. Sri Krishna would would have said, "You forget the war. You go and pray to Kali, because that's his swadharma." Shubhendra reveals it very beautifully. So, birthday is a day when we discover not only in a general sense that you know we have to find the divine. But it's a day when we discover our unique path through which we are meant to move. Now this path, one is the broad path, you know, to find the divine. But each one will have his own unfolding. For instance, there would be somebody for whom beauty is my way to the divine. For somebody else, truth is the way to the divine. For someone else, harmony is the way to the divine. For another person, shivoham, shivoham, peace, peace, peace is the way to divine. For somebody else, illumination, the blazing truth of knowledge is the way to the divine. For another person, it's power and strength and might. For another, yet another person, it's one area of life where one wants to do a kind of detailed perfection. So for each one, and it's a time to reconnect with the approach one has to take. Now, one may say, but integral yoga, that's why it is integral yoga, where there is no fixed method. In integral yoga, each one will start with that unique point. Ultimately, every part will be included, but they will all be colored with this central point from where you start the journey. So, if somebody takes the path of beauty, shall so will be beauty in the thoughts, beauty in the feelings, beauty in the life impulses, beauty in each gesture and posture. Integral Yoga, but through the path of beauty, integral yoga, through the path of knowledge, path of knowledge it 's not just knowledge in the mind but knowledge, intuition in the heart in the in, in the manifestation of love, there is that luminosity life, life becomes something luminous where it is following the divine will and the command, so it will follow that path at the end, they will all meet, but there is something unique approach to each individual. There are some people to whom it is told Shirobindo's letter that you know to some we say sit and meditate. To some others we say no need to meditate. Do work. To some others you have bhakti for the mother nothing else is needed. So this is the unique path. Some others will aspire for perfection for progress. Each one is right. So you have to reconnect with the core aspiration. It is not like reading a book or hearing somebody. It is reconnecting with my aspiration. There are hints of it in childhood. Unfortunately, we forget. There is something which runs as a deeper thread of life which one can see in childhood, glimpses. But as we grow up, it's like study, do this, do that. Childhood utterances, which you know have been passed off as uh, meaningless things, but they are. Indicators of a future. Like I remember my childhood if somebody asked me, what do you want to um, uh, do, seven-year-old? I said I want to fight in the Devasur Sangram from the side of the Devas. Crazy ambition. No school would teach it. This was like, Ladai karna hai. Devo taraf se Devasur Sangram Now it's, a, it's my aspiration. But somebody else it may not be. So one has to discover that aspiration through which one connects. And when I said this, parents got very worried. <laughs> so, I was very fascinated with mythologies and some stories which really drew me very close because, you know, I could connect with them. But there are others who don't belong to that. If you put mythologies in front of them, they will say, what is all this? Tell me about something else, modern science. It's perfectly fine. It's not that this is correct or that is correct. For some people, it turns out like that they are reconnecting with something from the past to leap into the future with still others. I remember a close friend. he said, my big advantage was that i didn 't know anything about any mythology. Good friend, he turned to mother and Sri after outwardly coming in contact with me, but he said that you know it was my big thing that i didn 't uh, nobody exposed me to anything. so when he entered into Shirbinndo, he had no problem ha, ah, this is wonderful so Each one has to follow his own journey and his own path. This we will see in today. One of the poems we are going to read is related to that. It's a beautiful little poem. Very beautiful. See, the beauty of these poems is Sri heart. You know, we look at Sri sitting like this and Yogi of the Supermind and oh, Philosopher. First of all, Philosopher is to downgrade. Thinker is to downgrade. Yogi, but... When you look at him, looks like a yogi who has crossed all the limits. How does that yogi look at a somebody's birthday? If the child comes, supposing who came to Survivor and said, uh, Lord, it's my birthday. Say something. So he's not going to, to each one will be different. So look at it like this that normally we'll say, you know, give a lecture. Birthday, oh, this is so wonderful, special day, because we have read it all, no? <laughs> Cycles of time, you know, suddenly on that day, you have an occasion to connect. All these things we will say. Standard format. So you spend your day like this. But look at how Sherbindu to each one, he will reveal in his own way. So this is some child who has, let's look at it like that, who has come to Sherbindu and said, Lord, oh, Papa, it's my birthday tell me something so shrivindra is telling something and the poem is see this is how you should read shrivindho not with a very serious i'm going to read a poem of shrivindho and suddenly your tone your tone changes have you seen people this spring child on basanti's birthday no don't read like that you know don't be artificial the lord doesn't he will get bored he will just you know walk away this fellow is putting up a show like in, you know, hymns, like that. <laughs> Once in a while you can say it because it's a spontaneous expression. The Lord loves truth. He doesn't like artificiality. So, the spring child on Basanti's birthday. The spring child, name is Basanti. Jester, 1900. Now, look at, you know, it may pass off. Shavinda is using the Hindu almanac. Jester. That's how he is starting. 1900, this poem is written Whoever was the blessed child, all of us. Okay? Oh, of spring is a name for whose bud and blooming we praise today the giver. <laughs> you know, <laughs> years on end. <laughs> how he is starting? Okay, not yes, Ashvi, Bhava, ye Bhava. <laughs> How is he starting? Look at the master poet with a tender heart. You can see Sravinda's heart is soft as the softest thing you can imagine. Hard as diamond and soft as butter. He melts very soon like Shiva. Just a little aspiration, it all melts. Just take it. Of spring is a name for whose bud and blooming we praise today the giver. How what a compliment. <laughs> Lord, (laughs) giver, he has given, (laughs) giver is with a capital G. Of spring and its sweetness clings about her. For her face is spring and springs without her as loath to leave her. Now look where he takes this uh, simile. That spring is a festival of sweetness. So he says, you are all about sweetness, and you are an embodiment of sweetness. And if you were to withdraw, then what will be spring without you? So you know, in a human being, she is meant to embody sweetness of life. So, for her face is spring, fresh as spring, full of sweetness. You know, from faces you can see whether somebody is a warrior type. You know, little roughness on the face, but with its own beauty. Or somebody is a knowledgeable type. Somebody who is a full of sweetness and harmony. And springs without her. As loath to leave her. Spring doesn't want to leave her. Says here, I have found a beautiful home. <laughs> See, it is summer. The brilliant sunlight lies hard on stream and plain. And all things wither with heat's diurnal, Because, you know, transition. Summer is going to come. It has started. And all things are withering. But what is the beauty of spring? But she, how vanished things. And vernal in her remain. So vernal is the equinox. Equal. It says that summer comes and all the flowers wither. You know, when people are very tired, heat, effort, activity, see how much sweetness will remain. You go and meet such a person, and you know, there is all kinds of emotions that rise. But she is someone in whom sweetness will remain throughout. It is not affected by the changing landscapes and changing moments of life. And almost indeed, we repine and marvel to watch her bloom and grow. So, (laughs) the Lord is saying, uh, just imagine what a blessed child that we repine and marvel. Who said that, you know, if you give it to a traditional Vedantin, you will say, all this is attachment. (laughs) The Lord has attached himself to creation. But he is not attached in the ignorant way. See here, he is revealing all that inner truth of this child. For half we had thought our sweet bud could never bloom out, but must surely remain forever the child we know. So on one side, because she is so sweet, that probably she will never bloom out into that summer heat she may not have to face. But she is blooming out. We see that happening. But now, though summer must come and autumn In God's high governing. Summer means now spring is you know youthful energy, adolescence, and childhood. That's spring. In in Savitri, you see mother's birth, there also it comes where spring and summer lay arm in arm equal. Who will reign the earth? And then summer comes. So spring is say something like 16, 17, 18 years, 19 years. Then there is the summer heat. Summer heat means tapasya examination, job, everything. So you are entering the summer. Then when you have gone through summer, then comes the purifying rains. After you have gone through all the heat of life, then after some time you say, let's look back and say, jo kaha kia, dekha jana, kya bhala kia, ya bura kia? Quoting, misquoting. Okay? <laughs> some point. Ki is a time you look back upon life. It's called the midlife. So in midlife, people look back and See their life, what they have done, not done. Then they go into a pensive state and then there is the rain. When there is a purification process. Sometimes they go into all these dank and dark, despair. But ultimately it purifies. And then there is autumn. When they say, okay, I have seen life, the four ashramas. Now I must withdraw deeper and prepare for a new spring. That's how the four Ashama. So she says, all these things will come in her life also. But now, though summer must come and autumn in God's high governing, yet I deem that her soul with soft insistence shall guard through all change the sweet existence and charm of spring. This is her soul's need. So summer will come rains will come winter will come autumn will come but her soul manifests the quality of sweetness that Shubhendra is saying that she will guard that sweetness otherwise what happens when summer comes people lose it life's harsh lessons what do they say kuthara kuthara ghat so he says even then because this is soul quality and that must never wither away. So even through the summer and winter, this quality of softness and sweetness will remain. The charm of spring. Charm of spring is being ever youthful, ever creative, ever into the new. It's not about body. It's about your inner existence. Oh dear child soul. So now he is bringing out that aspect. Oh dear child soul, our loved and cherished. Shorabinder, even as a yogi, has used this word. I mean, 1900, he is still not entered consciously. Look at what he writes to Dilip Kumar. Someone whom I have cherished as a friend and a son. And then he says, I want to go. He says, no, mother and myself, we are refusing permission. We will never allow you to go. <laughs> we think we have the right to tell you. So, this, all this idea that we have developed that otherworldliness... Detachment in the sense of otherworldliness. Inner detachment from ego self is a must. From the desired self is a must. But not a detachment from life and its manifold activities. We have to enter into it with the consciousness of truth, of beauty, of light, of love. That is how we have to engage. And that is only possible when the ego and desired self goes. But with detachment we misunderstood from people, from events, circumstances. So I remember one instance in our, you know, Bangalore Bhavan, somebody came and chopped off the Chandan uh, tree and took away. So we asked the manager, what happened? He says, he was doing it uh, in my front of my eyes. I said, so what? You didn't even raise alarm? No, I was just watching it detached as a witness. He said, please leave the place, you know. <laughs> Dara was like that. He would sit and, uh, you know, meditating with smoke in hands and mosquito repellent in his feet. Mm -hmm. And the window is open. So somebody enters the room and sees that some thief is putting a rod and picking up shirts and stealing. And he said, Dara Dara, see what is happening? He said, I am seeing. What are you seeing? I am seeing how he is stealing. Some people, that is the path. (laughs) But (laughs) the integral yogin engages with life. Witness state can be a passage. It's not the end. You have to re-engage with life, and the Lord is showing how he's re-engaging with life. Oh dear child soul, oh dear child soul, our loved and cherished. For this thy days had birth. So that's the day when we remember why we are born. For this to manifest sweetness. Now we think that you know we have to do big things to uh, you know do something great. Then we fulfill life's mission. So, supposing you ask people, what is the goal of your life? So they must say something like, I must become doctor, engineer. Uh, nowadays, politician is in also in, you know, um, or gangster, you know, <laughs> <that also. laughs> lot of money. I must become a rich man. But supposing a child says, I just want to spread sweetness. So what will you do? You will say, "Thoda doctor Alok pande ko consult karo." <laughs> I'll say to the parent, you need treatment. This is the only child who is talking sense. Why not? Born to just spread light. Born to just radiate peace. Born to spread joy in every heart by the inner joy, not pleasure. Born to just make everybody around so much at ease just by your presence Why can't these be works? They are works. Sweetness is people miss it, lack it. And if there can be some dynamos who just give sweetness, that is something so wonderful. God will not see what degree you had. He'll say, oh yes, I had sent you to manifest sweetness to spread laughter. Not as a joker, (laughs) but... (laughs) And good, you did my work well. You know that story when uh, the driver and the priest who used to sit behind, both went, accident and both landed up at the pearly gates and St. Peter said to the driver, heaven for you. Heaven for him? This, only a driver, but maybe grace of God. To priest, hell for you. Sir, please check, something is wrong. No, no, our computer never says wrong. It's about all the effect you had on people. What do you mean, sir? What effect? i was doing good things every time i was praying all the time day and night he said yes yes when this driver drove the car everybody prayed <laughs> and <laughs> sir what about me when you prayed everybody slept they found it so boring they were waiting kab khatam hoga kab khatam hoga? <laughs> So, it is not about what we are doing outwardly, but how we are spreading, there is divinity spreading in life. See, flowers, if you ask somebody that, you know, if somebody says, I want as my profession to write poetry, you'll be surprised that there'll be few parents who will say, no, 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 please, uh, next option. Supposing somebody said, I just want to write, and for the joy of writing. Or now, of course, a painter, so painting will you milega kahan paint karega where you will study but there is so much beauty arts so there is a whole side of life which is so beautiful which can give beauty to earth sweetness to earth so he is saying you are born for this for this thy days had birth so what he is telling why you are born you are born to you know become a doctor engineer no none of those things Like some tender flower on a grey stone portal What is the grey stone portal? The hard earthly life To sweeten and flush with childhood immortal The aging earth When everybody who is burdened with care and aging Seeing you, it will be like on a rocky landscape Suddenly they see a sweet flower and say Ah, this is so nice, let's click a flower That should be your life There are flowers. But then he says to each one it is different. There are flowers in God's garden of prouder blooming. The people born for proud deeds. Achilles, Arjuna. They can't, you know, if you tell Arjuna you are born to give sweetness, Arjuna will say, let me come back in another body. Achilles, Achilles tries to escape war. But his destiny carries him there. So prouder blooming. So there are... There are flowers in God's garden of prouder blooming Brilliant and bold and bright The tulip and rose are fierier and brighter You know the red tulips They look like already in column Marching orders and they'll march Beautiful flowers though, no? Tulip garden Rose, majestic like a king Roses feel like that, you know Roses, it is said that you you know, all the thorns around roses symbolic, that you know they like you can't reach the king directly. So the thorns are like you're not allowed to come too close to me and touch me. Because I am rose. And roses are very proud flowers, incidentally. So if you plant some other flowers along with rose in the same roses don't feel good. And yes, they have mother once goes to that extent that once she she was having Flowers and which she was giving, and she said something about uh, another flower that's so beautiful. She says, Suddenly, the rose flower put a little thorn into her flesh, she didn't like it. Royal, got jealous. How can some other flower be praised in front of me? <laughs> Conversation is there in agenda, but roses are in their own. So, here, what he's revealing to us is, we don't have to. Become somebody else This whole thing Story of you know In Aesop's fable The tortoise and the hare Why should they run a race together? The tortoise should have said Intelligent tortoise Rabbit will have two races One on land One on water And the third will be both Let's see who wins Three matches Whoever wins (laughs) So tortoise would have had to do nothing. He would have just have been to his natural self he would have won. He didn't need to crawl and you know wait for the rabbit to sleep which he never would in a race. So this is what he is saying. Each of us are born for something and we must express that in life. We should not imitate, copy or become someone else. Even when people said we want to become like you. He says my God, another Sri No, no, no. Let there be only one sample. Though people kept, started keeping names of their children, minus the C, Sri. And he said, See, this name was not common. My father kept the name, thinking it's the most uncommon name. Now I see so many of them springing all around. (laughs) So, we each one has to discover there is Krishna's way and there is the Shiva's way and all the other ways in between. So, there are flowers in God's garden of prouder blooming, brilliant and bold and bright. The tulip and rose are fierier and brighter but this is a softer hue, a whiter and milder light. For that reason, it is not something which has to be seen as not, uh, you know, having no place. You can't, you know, it has its own you, it has its own charm. The smallest of flowers has its own beauty. So in God's garden, let a thousand flowers bloom. And each flower brings its own beauty to the totality of creation. That's how it should be. If everybody becomes the same, then this earth will become a very, very, very boring place. Mother speaks of it that, you know, Tolstoy's son met her in Japan and he was on a mission. What was the mission? This world should become one. So, how it will become one? So, it was, he said, if everybody speaks the same language, it will become one. He had also discovered, I mean, named that language Esperanto. He said, everybody should speak Esperanto, they will become one. People don't become one by speaking the same language. If that was so, husband and wife from the same background, same language would never have fought. Languages don't unite people. It's the heart and love that unites people. But, but people have this idea about language, uniting people. So, each one is unique and different. And our work is to fulfill that for which we are born. Long be thy days in rain and sunshine... Rain and sunshine assembles of, there will be passages of life and there will be purificatory rituals of rain. Clouds will come, sunshine, the labor will come. Long be thy days in rain and sunshine. Often thy spring relume, gladdening thy mother's heart with thy beauty. Flower like, doing thy gentle duty to be loved and bloom. So, you, what is your work? He has fixed for her to be loved and to bloom and to spread sweetness, doing your duties with all the different shades of life. This is to spring child basanti. This all of us, of course...